He's a great God. Somebody give him great praise tonight. Come on, if he's a great God, somebody give him great praise tonight. You ought to take about 30 seconds and let your praise be a reflection of how good your God is tonight. You ought to take about 60 seconds and let your worship be a testimony of the God that you... I serve a great God. I serve a mighty God. I serve a powerful God. I serve an all-knowing God. His arm is not short. His promises are not... Come on, if you know you serve a great God, somebody praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Turn around, tell your neighbor, tell him neighbor. Tell him ain't nobody mad but the devil. Uh, you got to understand Psalm 149 says uh, that when you give God the praise uh, that you bind their kings with chains uh, and their nobles with fetters of iron. Uh, this honor uh, hath all the saints. God said, I'm going to put the sword in your hand and I'm going to give you one chance uh, to execute vengeance uh, upon the enemy uh, every time you praise. It's the sound uh, he hates the most uh, because his voice uh, was silenced in heaven uh, and God said, I got a replacement for you. Uh, and every time uh, you come to the house of God uh, and open up your mouth, uh, you're a reminder to the devil uh, that God brought something better along. Uh, somebody that realizes uh, your praise is a weapon. Uh, I dare you to take the next minute uh, and pull out the weapon of praise. Uh, for the weapon, uh, I said the weapon, uh, of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Somebody ought to reach up and just pull down a No matter what the weapon is, I want you to know we win. In the building. No matter what the weapon is, I 
place. I know it's a Tuesday night, but I came to let the devil know it's just the beginning of the week and I'm already walking in victory. It's just the beginning of the week and I've already got a reason to give God the praise. base it is but as you approach that military base 
there's a cacophony of noise that begins to collect in the atmosphere. As you get close to that military base, all of a sudden you'll hear the repeated sound of jet engines that are landing and taking off out of that place. And the closer you get, it's difficult to have a consistent conversation with people because the jets are coming. And then if you continue to listen closely, you'll hear the sound of tanks as they're practicing their drills back and forth. And then on top of that, you'll hear the sound of soldiers. Mama didn't raise no food today. Yeah, y'all know and then it gets louder and louder the closer you get and if you were to go up to one of the entrances of that military base they have a sign on the fence because people get irritated you know they wow why can't they keep it down they're disturbing the peace and and, and I can't even enjoy the beautiful beach and all of this stuff because and they have a sign on the gate that says pardon the noise but this is the sound of of freedom and I just want to tell somebody that might be a little bit irritated tonight do we really got to go through this every service do we really got to make all the I just want to tell you pardon the noise but this is the sound of somebody ought to go ahead one more time and just shout because he set you free. Somebody give him a shout of praise one more time in this place tonight. Shout until the internet has to turn you down. Shout until somebody has to turn their headphones down a little bit. Why you want us to shout till they got to turn their headphones down? How many of you understand the internet is part of the airwaves? It's part of part of the transmission of frequencies that are that are going through. The Bible says uh, that Satan is the prince of the power uh, of the air. And one of the words you find in the Bible for the word shout is the the word roach, which literally means to split the atoms of the air to split the atmosphere uh, with a sound. Uh, when you shout unto God, there's something that interrupts the flow uh, of the prince of the power of the you scramble the airwaves of the enemy. Uh, you scramble the signal of the How many of you remember that 
that way back in the day they, they just they stumbled up on something in football where you understand there's only 11 people allowed on the field at a time you can only have 11 players at a time and and, and there was this phenomenon that began to happen where uh, when, when, when the favored team uh, would turn the ball over to the defense uh, and now the defense has the ball uh, all of the fans of the favored team uh, would begin to shout even louder than when they had the ball uh, and it was confusing why they were shouting now uh, that they were playing defense uh, but, but there was a phenomenon that began to happen because uh, as the other team the, the, the opposing team would be in their huddle uh, trying to strategize and call the plays uh, they, pretty soon it got so loud uh, that they couldn't even hear what they were trying to say and the quarterback was, was screaming and, and it was so loud in the stadium that, that they became confused and they didn't know what they were doing and uh, it literally would cause chaos uh, on the side of the opposing team and so uh, th they finally started to give a title uh, to that situation and they began to call uh, the fans the 12th man because you could only have 11 on the field uh, but they became the 12th man uh, in one place the Bible said this fight uh, God said is my fight uh, you're not going to have to fight the enemy uh, he said all I want you to do uh, is get Judah and when you show up to the battle all I need you to do is make some noise and when you shout I'm gonna fight the battle for you somebody in this place ought to just shout in this building for the battle belongs to God I don't know what you've been fighting I don't know what you've been facing but if you'll shout right now, God said, I'll confuse the enemy. I'll scramble the enemy. church tonight anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord turn to your neighbor tell him welcome to Tuesday night at the rock why don't you high five about eight people on the way to your seat tell them welcome to Tuesday night at the rock uh, <laughs> Woo! my 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 Anybody grateful for the hand of God on your life tonight? You can be seated for just a few moments. I want to take a brief moment to say what a privilege it is to have all of our guests here in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Would you help me on this Tuesday night, Rock Church? Put your hands together and make some noise. Come on, do the best you can to let our guests know what a privilege it is to have them in the house of God with us tonight. Amen. We're, there's nothing better, there's nothing greater than you could be doing tonight than to be right here in the house of God. This is better than anything going on within a four-hour radius of this place. Amen. We're so excited you're here tonight. And, and uh, so awesome to look over and see a whole group of folks here uh, from Calvary Apostolic Church in Bradenton tonight. 
Would you help me give God a great praise for them tonight? Amen. This is one of our, our family churches. That's all I know how to call it. It's one of our family churches tonight. And we're so excited about what God's doing in Bradenton and, and uh, the explosive revival that is taking place there. And uh, glad to have them with us tonight. And so thankful for all that the Lord is doing. How many of you were blessed by what God did in this house on Sunday? Did we not have an incredible time in the Holy Ghost here on Sunday, Sunday morning? Evangelist Irvin preached about the potential of a broken hallelujah. And uh, what a powerful word from God when he finished. We baptized two more people in Jesus' name. Both of them received the Holy Ghost. And we had at least two or three that received the Holy Ghost in the altars in addition to them on Sunday morning. And uh, if you were here Sunday night, there was such a special uh, touch of God in this place. Powerful word from heaven for this house on Sunday night. And uh, we were unable to dismiss from the service just a lingering, powerful presence of God that was here in this place. And if you were not here on Sunday, I encourage you uh, to, to, as quickly as you can, to get on YouTube or uh, back on Facebook or SoundCloud or go to the bookstore and get the CD or the 8-track or the cassette and uh, whatever means necessary, you want to capture and get that word in your heart that God had for us on Sunday. Amen, somebody. Amen. And uh, we're so grateful. A couple of, of brief uh, things tonight. Um, they are not here yet, but I, I want to add to what has already been said, and perhaps they're tuning in tonight. We want to give a great big congratulations to the Antello family tonight on the birth of baby Jeshua. I think we ought to give God a praise for that little precious baby. And uh, I saw a picture, and oh, I just can't wait to meet him and, and I get to hold him and uh, speak to him and tell him, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. Amen. And uh, so we're thankful for that. God just continues to expand the kingdom. Amen. We're going to have revival one way or another. <laughs> and uh, spiritual births, natural births. Thank God. And uh, also, I, I want to uh, introduce a, a new couple to you in this church tonight. Um, you, you might be somewhat familiar, but I want to introduce to you, Mr. and Mrs. Michael and Abra Hale tonight, who were just married this week. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes uh, the Lord does a quick work. <laughs> and we're so happy for them. We're excited for them and uh, believing God to direct their steps. And uh, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Hale. <laughs> All hail. 
never know what we're going to have happen busting off on a Tuesday night at the Rock Church, y'all. So good to see Brother Ed back home again tonight. Brother Ed, you, you, you better be careful. You're, God's liable to just give you a breakthrough that you, you just start being here every time the doors are open. You, be careful. Be careful. Amen. We love, how many of you love Brother Ed? Amen. How many of you came expecting something great from the word of the Lord tonight? Did you come with a hungry heart tonight? Stand with me all over the house. I'm going to hasten to the word of the Lord tonight. I, I'm just going to share with you uh, a little devotion that's uh, been on my heart and uh, a word from God tonight. I don't have any notes or anything. I just uh, want to share with you what God's been talking to me about a little bit. Amen, somebody? The book of Psalms, chapter number 1 and verse number 3 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me. A very familiar passage of Scripture uh, from which I have preached from many, many times. But I feel like the Lord uh, has given me a, a fresh word from this text for this house tonight. If you're there, somebody say amen. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. There was a particular place that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Woo. I hear five amens over that verse. Right, that, that verse is good all by itself. You don't even need a sermon to go with that verse. He's speaking of the man who, the Bible says, meditates in his law day and night. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. He doesn't stand in the way of the sinner. He he, 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 he meditates in his law day and night. And the man that does that, God said, he's going to be somebody that I bring to a particular place. You understand that in the wild, seeds are not planted. Trees are not planted. They simply grow up wherever the seed naturally germinates. So for something to be planted is indicative of divine placement. God chose the place. And it's optimal. It's, it's a place that when I put you there, I had strategy behind it. I planted you in a place where there was rivers flowing. There was nutrients in the ground and there was water to sustain and help your, your roots be able to tap in. And, and when I put you in this place, you're going to begin to prosper. Your leaf, you, you, the prosperity is going to be so great that your leaf is not even going to wither. You're never going to experience a place where your leaf withers and everything you do shall prosper. Somebody ought to shout over that word, right? I don't care what the charismatic crazies have done to try and disparage that word. I serve a God who has an intention of bringing prosperity to his people. Somebody ought to give God a praise tonight. And for a few moments, I simply want to preach about the place of prosperity. The place 
of prosperity. If you want God to prosper, you put your Bibles down and one more time, clap your hands under the Lord in this house. If you don't want God to prosper you, please don't clap your hands. Just stand there like a statue and look around at everybody else. But, but if you've got a blessing with your name on it uh, and you desire the prosperity of God on your life, uh, I need somebody to put your hands together and give God uh, a great praise in this house. Amen. You may be seated tonight. The first thing that we must establish and really Speaking in general context of the, of the apostolic church, it is a hurdle that sometimes has to be dealt with. I want to establish tonight that you serve, we serve, we have a God who is a God of blessing. That would be pretty good if I was preaching to the Baptist church across the town, but, but I'm preaching to the saints of the name tonight. Uh, I said we serve a God uh, who is a God of blessing. I'm going to preach till some of you all shake off the unbelief uh, that wants to rob you of the blessing of God tonight. I'm going to preach it tonight until the mindset is broken uh, that, that Christianity equals uh, uh, dysfunction. I said we serve a God that is a God of blessing. He's a God of prosperity. I don't care what scallywag preacher has taken prosperity out of context and messed it up. I'm preaching to the real church tonight that we serve a God of prosperity. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 11, in most transliterations outside of the King James Version, it says, for I know the plans that I have for you. The, the King KJV says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. But most transliterations say, for I know the plans that I have for you. And the very first thing it says uh, is plans to prosper you. Somebody ought to just get a hold of that real quick. I said God has plans to prosper you. Some of y'all would get more excited about winning the lottery than you are the word of the Lord tonight. The lottery has one in a zillion chances, but God's word is a promise to every one of you. You ought to shout over that promise right there. God said, I've got a plan for you, and my plan is to prosper you. I need somebody to look at your neighbor, tell him, I want to be prosperous. Tell him, I want to be prosperous. No, 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 no. Find the neighbor that, that wants to be prosperous too, not the one looking at you like you're crazy. And tell them, I want to be prosperous. Do it till you find somebody that's got a reciprocity. Tell them, iron sharpeneth iron. I got to strike till I get another piece of iron in the building. I want to prosper in the prosperity of God. I want every blessing that God has with my name on it. I want every breakthrough, every miracle 
Brother Leo, I want every dominion that God created me to have. I want to prosper. I wish somebody would shout over a God of prosperity. He said, I got plans not to harm you, not to hurt you. I want to give you a hope and a future. I have plans to prosper you. God may not find you in prosperity, but God's got plans to bring you to prosperity. I'm going to preach this till every devil of unbelief has to bust for the back door tonight. I'm going to preach this till every spirit of fear has to run tonight. See, See, the reason some do not prosper is because they do not believe that it is the will of God for them. It's for somebody else. It's for all them folk over there. Not me. I just, I, I, I got on the wrong assembly line. I came to preach. That's a lie from the pits of hell. The moment you were born again under the auspices and the authority and the blessing of the name of Jesus, God said everything up under my name is going to be blessed. Come on, it's not just for them. I came to preach it's for you. God's intended blessing is for you. Tell your neighbor what's yours is yours. Get your eyes off of what somebody else has. Get your eyes off somebody else's. You're so distracted with everybody else. You're missing what God has with your name on it that God has for you. Don't you worry about what somebody has and doesn't have and what God. Quit worrying about all that stuff and start looking up to your heavenly father and saying, all right, daddy, I'm ready for everything you've got for me. See, some of us have a dysfunction because of how we were raised with, with abandonment and abuse and all kind of, and so our perspective of a father is all messed up. Uh, but you've got to understand how a real father works. Uh, uh, yeah, a real father uh, loves to see his children blessed. I wish I had some daddies in the building that know what I'm talking Oh, there's nothing I enjoy more uh, than blessing my children. Boy, you better be glad you raised in the Williams home. Because I love blessing you, boy. And I ain't ashamed to bless him. I ain't ashamed to bless you. I'll bless him right in front of you. You can get mad or you can get inspired. It's your choice. But it's a father's good pleasure. I said it's a father's good pleasure. Which one of you having a child that desired bread would give him a snake, a serpent, or a rock? Oh, no. Your child asked for bread. You'd be like, baby, you want wheat or rye? You want it toasted? You want butter? And say, how you want it? So let me give you some steak with the bread. And let me get some. What else you want with it? It's the Father's good pleasure. See, see, you got to get a revelation that your earthly father uh, uh, didn't quite have it right, but you have a heavenly father uh, that delights in blessing you. Uh, he delights in prospering you. 
catch me on the right day, I'll bankrupt myself to bless my babies. Because that's the nature of a father. It's one of the ways that a father shows his love. It's the will of God to be prosperous. Third John, media team, just help me tonight. Third John chapter 1, verse number 2. Here's how the apostle said it. He said, uh, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. <laughs> if you read that in almost every other transliteration, it says, I wish that in all things thou art prosperous and be in health. Listen to what he puts in the same basket. The same way I want you to be healthy. I want you to be prosperous. Woo! Even as thy soul prospereth. God's blessing is not just for the spiritual. I'm, I'm blessed in spirit. I'm broke, but I'm blessed in spirit. Hallelujah. Well, thank God for that, but it's the will of God that all of you be blessed. You're not just spirit. God said, if I'm going to bless you, uh, my blessing's going to hit body, soul, uh, and spirit. Uh, oh, I wish I had a believer up in the building tonight. It's the Father's good pleasure. It's one of the ways that God shows his love. How many of you know anything about love languages? Anybody ever study, study the love languages? One of the major love languages is giving. Gifts. It's one of the main ways that some people express their love. You looking for kisses, baby. He buying you coach purses. Speaking two different love languages. You just want him to spend an hour with you, quality time, but he, but he, but he just pulling up in a brand new car with a bow on it. <laughs> God speaks all of the love languages. But it's interesting that the Bible tells us that it's his good pleasure to give. His expression of love in giving is so powerful that it's even connected to salvation. John 3.16 says, for God so that he. God said, you want to see my greatest expression of love? Watch how I give. My giving is indicative of my loving. You can't tell me you love anything that you don't give to. What you love, you'll give to. You don't believe me? Just open up that check register. The word of the Lord says that money answereth all things. It testifies. That's what that verse means. It testifies. Your money will tell everybody what you love. <laughs> it got quiet up in this Holy Ghost church. This would be a good time for you to put your finger up and bust for the bathroom. This would be a good chance for you to act like some young mother needs help with her child. 
Oh, yeah, let me just stop and preach that for a moment because I'm, I'm getting a little worried about this little habit of some of us uh, that every time the word of the Lord's going forward, we feel like we got to become adopt-a-nanny all of a sudden. When really what you need is to be listening to the preaching of the word uh, that God has coming with your name. Ain't nobody asked you for your services. Ain't nobody called you up and signed you up to be a nanny. What you need to be doing is creating a place for God's word in your life. That child's got a mama who's learning how to take care of a baby in the house of God. They going to be all right, dear one. They took care of them for 23 hours before they got here. They going to be all right for the next 40 minutes while the word of the Lord comes to preach to you. Is this all right tonight? Tell your neighbor, leave the baby alone. Quit. Tell your other neighbor, quit fronting like a nanny. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I had to step out in the pastoral role for just a moment. Mamas, would you help me out with some of these, oh, I almost said carnal young people. I, almost, I didn't say it. I said I almost said it. Don't accuse me of saying it. I didn't say it. Would y'all mamas help me out? And the next time they come and put their hand out, give me just say, no, I got it, girl. This is a good sermon we need to be listening to right now. Can I get an amen from all of the mamas in the building? Can I get an amen from all of the mamas in the building? Where was I? <laughs> oh, yes. And so... He shows his love for God so loved the world that he gave. And so, as it is with any love language, there is an expectation of reciprocity. If I process the value of love by how I give, then I also process the value of how I receive love by the way you give. Oh, it was all right when the Father was giving to you. You need Bible for it? I'm so glad you asked. Abraham, go offer thy son, thine only son, Isaac. That was a triple in case you were wondering. I'm going to see if he really going to give and give me something that really matters when he goes to offer him up and the Lord stops him what does he say now I know that thou the litmus test of his love was his willingness to give I can't buy an amen in this apostolic church tonight tell your neighbor giving is God's love language tell your other neighbor giving is God's love language and, and, and so, and so, God's desire to prosper us is so powerful that, that we find it here in our text. That when we get into alignment with God, God said, I'm going to cause you to prosper. I'm going to plant you. 
by the rivers. Somebody tell your neighbor, by the rivers. And when I get you in the right place and tapped into the right stuff, the rivers and the, the place is a place of prosperity. The place, oh man, my man, preaching with me. How old are you now, buddy? Huh? How old are you now? He's 10 years old up here like this. He's getting the word of the Lord. He said, good preaching. He's getting it at 10 years old. Some of us at 30 are still trying to get it. Grab a hold of it, my man. God said it's a place of prosperity. When you get in this place, you're in a place of prosperity. Whew. Your leaf's not going to wither. You're not going to be a barren tree, but you're going to produce fruit in your season. You're going to be, tell your neighbor, I'm going to be fruitful by this river. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm going to be fruitful by this river. Your leaf isn't going to wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. Now, this is not devoid of our involvement. God will not prosper what you will not do. God's not going to sit there while you're on the recliner tossing you bonbons. You got to get up and work the blessing, baby. I said you got to get up and work. You got to uptake the nutrient. Come on, tree. I planted you there and I supplied you. But you got to take that nutrient and that water and you got to convert it into fruit. It's a place of prosperity. See, that's where we get messed up because we feel like we can live dysfunctionally and just because we give that we're going to prosper. I've been given faithfully and I still don't see prosperity. That's because you're still irresponsible with what God gave you. It's not just the 10 you gave. What did you do with the 90? Irresponsibility with the 90 will cause you to. Whatsoever he, you, you got to work the thing. Oh, can I preach this for a minute? You see, this also comes from an, from an aberration of revelation of God's love. We, we, we misunderstand. There, there's a difference between love and lust. I said God's love language, love language is, is giving. But not everybody that gives is the same. Two people could stand right next to each other and give and it be two completely different things. Let me explain what I'm talking about. There is a difference between love and lust. I can get two people involved in intimacy over here, and two people involved in intimacy over here. One can be love, and the other one out of lust. Ooh, it's getting quiet up in here. When you find somebody who's made a commitment to God, and, and they've, they've come together under the auspices of, of God's hand, when you see them in the intimacy, it is an act of love. It's coming from a place of relationship and commitment. Right. 
But when you see these two people operating outside of the, of the commitment of, of marriage, the action looks the same as theirs. But it lacks love. It is born from a place of lust. And the difference is that they produce two different things. You see, lust is temporary. And when the excitement wears off of this, the action that looks like love will stop because it's born out of what I can have for me. It's born from self-fulfillment. Mm, take it unto myself. But the same action born out of love will never stop because it's not born out of what I get. It's born out of what I'm giving. See, that's the difference. Love is about what I give. Lust is about what I get. Come on, somebody. Lust comes to the table with seeing what it can grab. But love comes to the table with two people that are just trying to give. And love will never stop. Real love just continues. It perpetuates. There's a difference between love. See, that's why you can get two people that bring a tithing envelope. And it can be motivated from two different places. Lust is, God. what's God going to do for me? I'm going to give trying to see what I can get. And that's why people, when they're trying to get a new job, all of a sudden they become faithful in their giving. I'm trying to get that job because I desperately need God to employ me. And when the job doesn't come in three weeks, what happens? They quit giving. Because the act of giving was motivated out of lust and not of love. But when somebody gives out of I know it looks the same, but when somebody gives out of love, I don't care if I don't have a job. I don't care if I just got laid off. I don't care if I've got extra money. I don't care if I'm struggling to make the car. It doesn't matter. I'm not giving because of what I'm giving out of love. And I and see that kind of person, it'll never stop. They'll remain faithful. You can God can depend on their giving. Tell your neighbor, God's love language is giving. God's love language is giving. I, I, I'm about to stumble up on a point in a minute. Am I doing all right tonight? I don't have any notes, huh? I don't have any notes. I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. And so, Psalm 1, we find this, this principle, the place, prosperity. If I, can, if I can remain in place, I can stay in continuous prosperity. If I can remain in the place, if I can stay in alignment with God's principles and God's word, I can have perpetual prosperity. I thought I'd have more than eight Lutheran amens in the building and, and 16 Protestant head nods. In the, if I can remain in place, I can remain in perpetual prosperity. God said as long as you stay there, that river's never going to run dry. Your leaf is never going to wither. Why? Because the river will never run dry. Your leaf, you're going to keep producing fruit. Why? Because the environment will never change. There's a consistency of provision in, in the place place of prosperity and see we we find this all the way back in the book of Genesis 
And what the psalmist pins in Psalm 1 is a revelation of God's principle that's established clear back in the beginning of recorded time. Get for me Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7. Genesis chapter 2 verse number 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Verse number 8. And the Lord God planted a garden. Some of y'all are five steps ahead of me. He planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man. Can I just use a better word? He planted the man. <laughs> he planted the garden. And then the last thing he planted in the garden was the man. Whom he had formed. Verse number 8. I wonder what kind of a garden this was. Let's see. And, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward. Give me, give me the next verse. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow. Woo. He did it out of the place. In the place where he planted man, God caused stuff to begin to grow. Why? Because it's a place of prosperity. And you're going to see it begin to, a place of prosperity automatically has fruitfulness. He made, he made it to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. Oh, I love that. God said not only is it going to be good, it's going to look good. For all of you haters that think that the blessing of God always has to be ugly, I'm sorry, that's not the God I serve. Uh, God said sometime my blessing, even it's going to look Ain't nothing wrong with looking good, baby. It's the blessing of God. Tell somebody the blessing looks good on you tonight. Tell them, come on, God's blessing looks good on you tonight, baby. Yeah. It's pleasant to the sight. God said, I want, I want it to even look good when they see it. I want them to look at the blessing. Man, that looks good. Oh, that house looked nice. Woo, that's a nice looking couple right there. That's, it ain't nothing but the blessing of God. Don't you hang your head down the next time somebody comes and says, that's a beautiful dress. It's the blessing of God on my life. Come on, somebody. As long as you don't try to take the credit for it, uh, just give God the glory for it. Ain't nothing but the blessing of God. Bishop, you look good. Ain't nothing but the blessing of God, baby. If God took his hand off me, I'd be a hot mess. Uh, but I, I look good because this is the bless. This is what, tell your neighbor, this is what a blessing looks like tonight. This is what a blessing looks like. Some of these girls are taking notes for the next time they're at a conference. <laughs> they walk up to that young man and be like, hey, 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 Charlie, you want to see a blessing? Two snaps and a twist. Can't touch this. Blink your eyes because I'm about to pat. Put the verse back up there. This foolishness. <laughs> it's pleasant to the sight and good for God's growing stuff out of the place of prosperity. The tree 
of life also in the midst of the garden. Hmm. He separates this tree from the other trees. He didn't just, he could have just said all the trees and meant that tree. But he extrapolates from all of the trees and said, and the tree. It was separated from the others. And it was in the midst of the garden. There, there was something central about this tree. There was, there was a central theme, an idea that pay attention to this theme because it has something important to do with the place of prosperity. In other words, all of the prosperity of the garden uh, is going to be hinged uh, on this one tree. Mm -hmm. and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Next verse. And a river went out of Eden. That sounds familiar. Psalm 1 says something about being planted by a, a river. And God plants a man by Y'all, some of y'all preachers should be shouting over that right there. The Psalm 1 was just a, a pattern of what we find in Genesis. God took the man and he planted him by, by a river. There went out of the garden uh, a river to water the garden. And, and, and this river is what caused everything in the place of prosperity to come up. It, it was the rivers that fed the, the place of prosperity. And because of the rivers, whatever gets planted here, the river is going to, to cause it. It's, it's part of the description of the place of prosperity. And, and from thence, was parted and became into four heads. There became four rivers from the one river. Read, give me the next verse. Verse number 11 and and, and this is why it's important to, uh, when you study, to have a good study method. One of the, the things I teach all of our preachers is the importance of etymology uh, when you're studying a text. And because sometimes you'll stumble up upon particular revelation. And, and so here's the place of prosperity. And, 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 and he's planting a man by the rivers. And, and the name of the first river is Pison. Somebody shout Pison. Look it up when you get home, but the word Pison in the original means increase. Uh, I'm trying not to run the aisles my own self right now. The name of the first river uh, in the place of prosperity uh, is increase. Yeah, see, some of them are already checking Strong's Concordance right now to make sure I'm preaching the truth there. It says it's increase. Uh, it's one of the rivers uh, that defines the place uh, of prosperity. And, and that, listen, that is it which uh, compasseth the whole land uh, of Havilah. This river called increase, uh, it encompasses uh, the whole land of Havilah. Uh, you want to know what the name Havilah means? Uh, it means a circle. A place that has no end or no beginning. God said, my river of increase has no ending. In other words, it's unlimited increase. I'm defining for you the place of prosperity. Don't put no limits on what God wants to do in my life. Don't try to put me in a box and tell me because of where I came from or what my name is or what I look like or what happened to... Don't try to put a limit uh, on what God, the place of prosperity. 
prosperity has no limits on the increase. I wish I had somebody that would shout over that, right? I may have come from nothing, but baby, I've been planted in a place that has limitless. When my roots tap that river, I wish somebody would shout. You just wait a minute. I'm stretching, and one of these days, my stretch is going to put me in contact with that river of increase that has no end to ye shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of should I keep preaching (laughs) that's the first river if you're on here live you might as well just tag your friends tell them to hurry up and tune in the next the next verse said and the name of the second river yeah see y'all already looked it up <laughs> see they already these young preachers are learning <laughs> the name of the second river is gihon and you you want to tell me somebody want to tell me what the word gihon means bursting forth the second river is called bursting forth. Ye shall be like a tree. The place of prosperity that God plants you is a place that has a river of increase. And it's a place that's bursting forth. It's not just enough. It's not not enough. But it's a place of more. Then, see, I'm fighting some of y'all who have never tapped into that dimension of living. And so you want to sit on a pew because you've never experienced that before but I came to preach to you tonight it's time to shed the shackles of every devil in hell and your carnal nature that wants to reject the blessing of God and start to embrace the promise of God that there is a place of prosperity that God's gonna plant me in and it's gonna have the increase that is limitless just when I think can it get any better than this God said let me show you what I got for you over here and just when I think it can't get better than this God said let me open up this door I wish I had somebody in the building You ought to shout right now because that means that no man can shut the door that God opens for you. That means that no man can limit what God said is unlimited. Why? Because you're not my provider. The river is providing for Oh, yeah, baby. My roots aren't wrapped around my job. My roots are wrapped around the place of prosperity. That's why I don't put my job above my God. Because my job isn't my provider. My God is my... Hey-ho! I'm living in the place of prosperity. Wait in the water. Place of prosperity. Okay, where were we? The same, it that compassed the whole land of Ethiopia. Next verse. 
And the name of the third river is Heidekel. You want to know what Heidekel means? It means rapidly. The provision, when God says it's on, God can get it to you quicker than you can ever imagine. It's a suddenly blessing. It's a suddenly provision. See, I wish I had somebody that would shout right now. That means you can wake up in the morning and you can pray, God, give me this day my daily bread. God, you know what I have need of today. God is better than FedEx, UPS, or USPS. God will get you the blessing right on time because it's a river that's a rapid river. It's a river that's got supernatural. Come on, somebody. It doesn't flow slow. It's not inhibited. It's a direct channel. of the. That's how God describes his place. My prosperity has a rapid That's why you should never exchange your time to try and get stuff. Don't ever get the balance of your time, talent, and treasure off kilter. Because your God is not bound by time. God could do more for you uh, in one hour of worship uh, than you being unfaithful to him uh, because you're trying to work extra hours uh, just to come on somebody. I wish I had somebody in the building. What you need to do is get back into the place of prosperity uh, and step your foot back off uh, into the river of how Come on. Uh, oh, yeah, God. I... Give me the next. And the name. Next verse. Next verse. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man. No, verse 14. I missed it. Verse back up one. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And Euphrates in the original means fruitfulness. It's a river of fruitfulness. Do you all see it now in Psalm 1? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. This, this is, y'all with me? Y'all with me? All right. Hang on. We're about to turn the corner. And so, and so God said, this is the place of prosperity that I'm going to put you in. And if you keep reading in Genesis chapter 2 for, from verse 7 all the way, uh, g- give me verse number uh, uh, four, four, 14. Let's keep, let's keep going. Give me 15. Listen. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. God puts him there. And the next verse says, and the Lord God commanded the man. He, he didn't suggest, but God had a command. And he said, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. What a generous God. Now, this is indicative of the fact that we must not lose sight of the understanding That the garden does not belong to Adam. The entire garden belongs to God. 
Uh, Adam, I know, I know you've been walking in it a long time, and it's easy to start feeling like it's yours. But really, Adam, it's only there because God put it there. And Adam, I know, I know, Adam, you got your little stuff all set up. Uh, and you think, look what I did. Look what I bought. Look what my name is on. The, no, 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 no. Uh, Adam, don't you ever forget uh, that everything you see uh, around you, God put it there. Uh, and it belongs to God. Uh, and God said, you can freely have all of it. Go ahead, you can. You can have all of it. God said, except one part. There's one portion that's going to be divine portion. I'm going to leave this one here. And I don't want y'all to touch it. Don't consume this. You can eat all you want. I got so much food, you cannot possibly eat all of it. Now, why would God tell him, I want you to leave this one here? Does God need a tree? Of course he doesn't. He created all the other ones that he gave you. God doesn't need that tree, Adam. That tree only means one thing to him. Remember, his love language is giving. God doesn't get a tree. God gets your love. And your, your stewardship and your discipline over not consuming that one tree is how you communicate your love to God. God said, I could create everything I needed except one thing. I can't create real love. That's got to be done by choice. There's one thing I need from you. I need you to show me that you love me. I showed you how I loved you because I gave myself. And I'm going to put all of this in your hand. And all I want you to do is leave this for me. And your choice to leave this for me is what's going to tell me that you love me. And so, thank you, I think I will. Here we go. And so, the first thing that Satan does is he tempts the woman not to commit bestiality, not to, not to go do, I mean, there's all kind of stuff. But the one thing, the one thing that he hinges the entire relationship of humanity with God upon is he tempts her with the temptation of consuming the Lord's portion. Because he knows if you consume the portion, then you have to leave the place. And the devil's not so much concerned about the portion because God can put it back up. God's not worried about that little 10% that you think is the whole world. God's got so much more where that came from. It ain't about the portion. It's about the place. And the devil knows if they consume the portion, then they have to leave the place. 
Oh, and so that's the temptation of the enemy uh, is that you, you got to have this. Uh, you, you, you got to have, you see, God just doesn't understand. He's, God's withholding something from you. Uh, even, and you don't know, uh, you, you can't even take care of everything. The devil gets you focused uh, on what you don't can't have uh, instead of all the stuff God said you could have. Uh, Eve, what's your problem? Uh, you're consumed with the idea uh, of not consuming one tree uh, when there's 90 uh, other trees uh, that God said you can have as much uh, as you I'll tell you what the problem is. You done lost sight of the fact uh, that none of it belonged to you in the first place. Uh, you, you keep approaching God like you're doing him a favor. Uh, you keep coming to God uh, like you're financing his kingdom uh, with your money. Uh, God doesn't need your money, baby. Uh, he gave it to you uh, in the first place. Uh, God's not looking for your money. Uh, he's looking for your love. Uh, Oh, and you need the place of prosperity more than God needs your money. And so, if we're going to remain, musicians come. Everybody lost their shout now. Y'all was about that place of prosperity until you figured out the cost of living there. Come on, somebody. See, that's that welfare mentality. That, that's that. Now, now, listen. I thank God for welfare to help people who need it to get out of tough situations. It's not there for people to develop a mentality that says, I'm here to stay. Some of us get a section 8 mentality in the kingdom of God. I want to live up under the blessing at a discounted price. Uh, I want to live up under the, the blessing of God and I, I only want to give uh, because we've got to misunderstand. No, 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 that's not how it works. Uh, God said part, one of the greatest uh, expressions of love is trust. And when we consume what belongs to God, what we effectively tell God is, I'm telling you I love you, but I don't trust you. What would you do with somebody that said, I love you, but I don't trust you? Just leave the I love you part out of it then. <laughs> because real love is based on trust. Come on, somebody. When you get the revelation that everything I have, God gave it to me. And it belongs to him. And God said I could freely. Then, then you understand the power uh, and the revelation. I got to stay in the place uh, of prosperity. I, I can't afford uh, to get kicked out of this place. Uh, I need those rivers that are in my life. Uh, I don't know about you tonight, baby. Uh, I can lose a job, uh, but I can't lose the blessing of God that's in my life. I wish I could get an amen in the building. I said I could lose uh, a promotional opportunity. Uh, but whatever I do, uh, I can't lose uh, the prosperity of God that's in my life. Uh, God can bring another job down the river. Uh, God can bring another opportunity uh, down the river. Uh, God can make a way uh, where there was no way. Come on. Uh, God can make it burst forth. Uh, but I, whatever I do, uh, I can't afford uh, to leave uh, the place uh, of prosperity. Uh, so God, uh, 
I'm going to give you your portion. God, it belongs to you. I can't afford to take your portion. portion God and go buy Christmas presents because I mismanaged the 90% oh yeah I'm not I'm not brother Irvin the evangelist I'm the bishop tonight listen if it's tight financially you need the place of prosperity more than you ever have you got to change your mentality You don't take what belongs to God because it's tight. Uh, That's when you double down and say, God, I need you now uh, more than I've ever needed you before. Come on, somebody. Some some of y'all backslid from being apostolic tonight. I got a whole bunch of people converted to being Baptists tonight after this. You know what I would have done? If I had pulled that fruit off the tree, I'd have been getting back over there as quick as I can, duct taping that mug right back to the branch. I took one bite out of it, but I'm giving it back. And Lord, I'm going to go out here and find another thing to replace the bite I took. Why? Because I can't afford to leave the place of prosperity, God. Hey! Come on, I need somebody that's got a revelation. The job I got, God gave it to me. The house I live in, God gave it to me. The apartment that I sleep in every night, God provided it for me. The car I drove up in, God gave it to me. God, I'm going to keep on. I wish somebody in the building would start to give God a praise for the place of prosperity tonight. Come on. Is there anybody that's got a made-up mind? Singers, come help me. Is there anybody that's got a made-up mind tonight? I got to live in the place of prosperity. God, I got to be like a tree planted by the rivers that are bursting forth, by the rivers of increase, by the rapid waters of fruitfulness. Come on, somebody. God wants to prosper what you're doing. God wants to bless you. I need somebody that needs a blessing to run down to this altar tonight. Somebody that wants God's promise, run to this altar tonight. Come on, somebody that wants God's blessing and dominion, run to this altar tonight and lift your hand. Don't you dare sit in your pew and let unbelief and condemnation beat you over the head. Baby, I gotta get every promise. Throw your hands in the air and somebody begin to talk to God. Somebody ought to throw your hands in the air and begin to make a fresh commitment to God. Come on, start making a fresh commitment to God. God, I gotta live in the place of prosperity. I gotta live in the place of... Come on, somebody give God a praise tonight. Somebody give God a praise tonight.
Anybody ready to step in? 